Hey guys, real quick before we get started, we are doing a free giveaway for listeners between now and May 31st. Cash prizes, free swag, Yacht Meetup tickets, San Diego Padre tickets, and more. All you got to do to qualify is go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and drop a five-star review. Send a screenshot to giveaway at summerscapital.com and we'll be selecting lucky winners May 31st. As always, I appreciate the support. Now let's jump into the show. So the worst ways to use points, which most people do, and this hurts when they hear it, is going to Amazon or cash them out for gift cards or statement credits. You're just going to get way less value out of those points, sometimes almost about half as much as you could even just by comparing that to going through like Amex travel. But that's going to be a fraction, literally like one-tenth of the amount of value that you'd get if you used it for travel in these other ways we're talking about transferring to airlines and hotels. So it's it's a complete waste of points, you know, and you also think about the experience you're going to get. Like, do you want like a free vacuum or do you want like a honeymoon type trip to do an African safari for a week? Like, what's going to make a bigger difference in your, in your life, right? Welcome to the Rich Summers Report, where we talk real estate, business, and wealth building, all while keeping it real. No fluff, no BS. I hope that you enjoy the show. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of The Report. Today, it is Valentine's Day, and we got a little sunshine here in San Diego. We are back from Nashville and in the studio here in downtown San Diego. And I got a special guest who goes by the travel guy. I got my man, Eli Facenda. Eli, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rich. Good to be here. Yeah, man. I appreciate you uh, coming out from Austin. And uh, our guy, Jack McCall, is the the one that connected us. So uh, excited to uh, dive in this conversation, get to know you a little bit and uh, excited for us. So thank you, brother. Absolutely, man. Yeah, very yeah. excited. How, how do you know Jack? So Jack and I have traveled the world together many times. There's kind of a, a group of us that got into the credit space and, and actually we both have a similar background in building a tour company and got into the whole credit world. So he does a lot of the funding side, business credit, and then does a little bit of the travel hacking. We do more of the travel hacking, yeah. points optimization, a little bit of the funding side. So we connected, a lot of good synergy and just a really cool dude. Dude, Jack's like one of my favorite dudes out there, man. Like we, we ripped a podcast a while back. He came out on one of our yacht meetups. And then ever since then, we've become friends. But just a genuine dude. And like, I don't know anyone that doesn't love the guy. Totally. You totally. Know? Yeah. It's super yeah. easy to travel with too, which is like, you know, if you go on a trip with someone, you're like, this guy's cool. Like yeah. after a trip, you know that they're, they're yeah. legit. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So dude, uh, what the hell is travel hacking? What does is, what is travel hacking mean to those folks listening? Yeah. It's, it's kind of like an interesting buzzword because it, it does sound very vague and elusive and kind of cool. So like, what, what really is it? Well, when we say travel hacking, what we're specifically talking about is maximizing credit card points through things you're already spending money on in your everyday life, personally and in your business, to travel more, to travel better, and to create, really the, the goal is to create bucket list lifetime experiences mm-hmm. that you get to remember for the rest of your life and upgrade your travel lifestyle. So using points that you get from credit cards to be able to do that, that's what travel hacking is. Yeah. Um, they say our generation, uh, the folks that were born in the 80s and the 90s, uh, talking to demographers out there, they say they'd label us the sharers because we like the experiences, we like to go uh, experience different things in the world and then share them with our friends. And so I think right now, I mean, uh, the whole term travel hacking and using all these points and experiences has never been as prevalent as it is today. I totally agree. I mean, and, and ultimately, if you think about like what really creates, you know, amazing memories and fulfillment, it's, it's doing things with people you care about. And usually it's doing them in, in really epic ways in cool places. And that's the stuff when you look back over your life, the things you really remember are typically around that, whether it's conferences, trips you took, you know, family memories, stuff like that. And so that's what I love about this is it enables people to have more of these experiences and it gives them more options to say yes to the things they actually want to do mm-hmm. without having to think about like, what does this cost? Or is this a good or bad idea? You know, paying $15,000 to go to 
uh, Dubai and Emirates first class and take a shower is not necessarily a practical thing for most people. But when you use points, it's like, hey, you could do that and, and hardly have to pay anything for it. What, what do you say to the folks out there, the, the Dave Ramsey fans that uh, they, they, they cut up their credit cards and they say, hey, I'm, I'm only going to use a debit card because I don't want to take on any debt? Well, I think I personally, you know, I think that a lot of information like that and, and advice is very nuanced and it should be nuanced because for mm-hmm. the masses, like using credit cards, a lot of people are getting into consumer debt with that. And that's not necessarily a very advisable idea. Right. And so that's really, to me, like what Dave Ramsey's talking about. Using business debt is a great idea in a lot of cases. That depends on what your return is. But overall, if you have a free benefit from spending money, like I'm going to take that every single time because I can manage my finances and I feel comfortable with that. But the key is, do you have a foundational education of how credit works in the first place? So before you get into the game, you at least know what the rules are. And then that allows you to play the game and and really win and kind of beat the banks at their own game while still keeping your credit score good and not having to pay a ton of interest. So if you have those foundations right, that's really the key. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I feel like if you're going to spend the money anyways, well, you might as well get the points for it because, you know, if you do the debit card, you're not. Um, but the same token, it's like, well, there's a lot of fraud out there, you know. Um, I would probably say once every three or four months, I got some sort of fraud activity going on with one of my sure. cards. And so we got to get a new card coming in. But, you know, with a debit card, it's hard to recoup that money. Totally. Credit card, it's a lot easier, right? Absolutely. Um, so anyways, that said, I'm curious, like, what, what is the most epic trip that you've took under uh, points? Yeah. So, I mean, last summer, myself and my business partner, Tommy, flew mm-hmm. on Emirates first class to Dubai. Okay. So, this is a 14-hour flight from New York to Dubai. This is a $14,500 ticket. Mm. So, that's one way per person first class. Okay. So, you get to shower in the sky. You get the in-flight bar. You get Dom Perignon. You get caviar. You get a lounge. They're giving you massages. Like, it's like a freaking, you have like a whole, you know, they actually will drive you to the airport in a private car sometimes, depending on how you book it uh, for Emirates first class. So this was a $14,500 ticket. Now there's three ways to book this. You can either pay $14,500 cash. You can go through a site like Amex Travel, what we call the travel portal. And that would cost you 1.45 million points, which is a lot for anybody. Or through the strategies that, that we do and we teach, we converted those points into Emirates Airlines. Mm. And we were able to book it for 136,000 points and just pay 500 out of pocket. So for me, that was an experience that I've never would have had or really had access to because it's just impractical to pay that. Like I was saying before, and, uh, and that was a bucket list or so between that and then some of the things I've been able to do with friends, I think when Jack was on, he mentioned, you know, I run this mastermind trip every year mm-hmm. and we had like 25 of us on the Emirates flight, uh, all in the sky bar together, hanging out, having yeah. this like networking thing. And like the flight attendants come in five minutes into the flight and they pull back the curtain and they just see 20, you know, 20 people like having a mastermind event in the, in the airplane. And she's just like, what is going on here? <laughs> like trying to break yeah. up the event. So those are a couple of the big ones. Um, some amazing trips I've taken with my girlfriend to, you know, five-star villas in Italy and stuff like that that are several thousand a night. And uh, and there's some other cool ones we can get into. But I mean, really, it's about the people you get to go with as well and just having access to that, uh, that opportunity in the first place. Well, and think about all these, like, you know, these epic trips that you're mentioning. You know, if, you, if someone's out there using a debit card, it's like they're not going to have access to these same trips. I mean, you can do it it's the hard way. It's just, it's just the, the easy way or the hard way, right? It's like, yeah. we call it travel hard or travel smart. You know, this is really just working smart since you're already spending money in your business and or and or you already have points. You're yeah. just getting more efficient with the stuff you're already doing. I always find it interesting that like, uh, you know, if you, you take domestic flights, the first class seats, they're nice, but it's, it's nothing special, right? right. You, you might get a little meal, you get some free drinks. It's convenient. You know, you're first on, first off the plane. But you go on these international flights, these larger airplanes, you know, 10 hour plus flights. Now you get lay down seats. I mean, even in business class, mm-hmm. you get full lay down yep. seats. The meals are much better quality. They bring out a whole dessert tray with like ice cream yeah. and all this sort yeah, of stuff. They give you overnight bag. And yeah. 
it's like legit, like full service. Yeah. Such a big difference between the international first class and the domestic stuff. It's so true. And just the fact that you even just said that nuance is big because a lot of people will fly on American Airlines first class domestically and it's like a recliner chair and it's not bad. But when you say first class and you compare it to, you know, Singapore suites where you have a bed that comes out of the wall and turns into a double bed for you and your partner, like that's a, that's a totally different category. So for international, there's different levels of fare class, right? There's economy, there's gonna be premium mm-hmm. business. And then first, if you fly on most narrow body jets domestically, you're just gonna see that first class in economy. But that first class isn't like a true first class in most in most cases. Yeah. So uh, I'm curious because I have a ton of points on like Amex Platinum Gold. I'm sorry, Amex Platinum and Amex Gold mm-hmm. the business cards. And Amex has their own like platform where you can go on there and book flights yep. and trips. You can even book like Airbnbs, I believe. But from what I understand is like that might not be the most beneficial way to maximize your points. What is a better method than, than going that route and using Amex's platform? Yeah, you made a great point. This is a huge mistake that most individuals and business owners are doing is they're going to the travel portal or worse, they might be going to Amazon or getting gift cards. Now, if you do this, there's the key metric that we're looking at here is called cent per point. Okay, so Amex is going to give you one cent for each point. It's a fixed value on your points. Now, if you go to Amazon or use gift cards, you're getting six tenths of a cent. So you're getting even less. So what do you mean when you say one cent per point? So basically, that just means if you have 100,000 points, it's worth $1,000 through Amex travel. Mm. Okay, if you have a million points, it's worth $10,000. And they'll take that that one cent or whatever, and they're going to apply it market value or retail value to whatever the cost is to buy that ticket. Exactly. Okay. So when you're booking travel through these, what we call travel portals, what they really are in the travel world, I mean, you're familiar with this term as an OTA, an online travel agency. Mm -hmm. So you go to American Express, you'd redeem your points to them. They're then basically taking that and then they're going to purchase the ticket for you from the airline. So what they have is called a a revenue-based pricing model. Okay. Okay. So if the price of a ticket doubles, the number of points will double. Mm. the airlines have a different pricing model. They go off of award charts and these award charts vary by the airline, but oftentimes they're based on the distance or the region you're flying to or from. So it's a fixed value. So that's where the arbitrage comes in, right? A price may double and then the number of Amex points through Amex travel would, would also double. But if you convert them to the airline, it doesn't change. So that's where you may see this huge gap between what Amex charges and what the airline charges. And so to your initial question, you know, instead of going to Amex Travel to use these points, if you convert them to the airlines and hotels, oftentimes you're going to find double, triple, quadruple, sometimes five, 10, even 15 times the value compared to what you would have gotten. Yeah. It's funny because uh, I'm like a last minute traveler, right? Yeah. So, you know, last Christmas, we uh, we took two weeks off out of the office and uh, I was just grind. I was in grind mode leading up until to those that break. And so all of a sudden we took two weeks off and I'm like, dude, I'm going to get out of town. So I hit up Jack and I was like, hey, Jack, I'm going to go to um, Buenos Aires, Argentina. I want to leave in two days. Um, I got all these credit card points on Amex. I was like, what's the best way for me to maximize these? And so he's like, hey, let me short- send you like a quick uh, tutorial. So I like watched this like quick little thing and I was like, dude, this is too much work for me. So I ended up just <laughs> yeah. booking it. He's yeah. like, next time, give me a heads up. He's yeah. like, I try to help you out more. But for someone like me, I'm like, dude, I want to maximize my points but I don't have the time. Like, what, what is the, I mean, it seems like there's a big learning curve to, to utilize and know exactly what the best way to utilize all this stuff is. Uh, what do you suggest for, for someone like me out there? Yeah, well, simplicity is key, right? Because mm-hmm. this is like an ancillary thing that you're doing on top of your business, your family. Like to spend a hundred hours learning this stuff is not really the goal. It's that, not the best use of my time. It's not. And that's, yeah. the, that's the path that I took because I, when I was first learning this, I was in my 20s and I was building another company and I wanted to travel and I didn't know a better way. So I'm reading blogs, I'm reading articles, I'm watching YouTube videos, like going down the rabbit hole. But I like to chunk it into three main buckets first. So like high level, what you'd be thinking about. 
So the first bucket is maximize your point earnings, right? So this means every time you spend a dollar, make sure you're earning the most amount of points. Very simple. That's the right cards and the right expenses. The second thing is going to be to maximize your point value. So every time you use your points, are you getting the most possible value? The third piece is going to be to maximize your benefits. So when you're going to the airport, are you getting the best experience? The upgrades in hotels, the free breakfast, the free Wi-Fi, the free luggage, the you know the no lines when you're going through security just mm-hmm. makes your, tra- your entire experience of travel much better and, and much more luxuri- luxurious. So those are the three buckets. The one that most people get the most hung up on is that second piece, which is maximizing your point value, which is what you're talking about. Sure. And so there are tools out there that are helping to simplify that. But I'll be honest, it can be a very nuanced process to figure out on your own. And that's why for us, we always recommend it's best to either work with someone to learn how these tools work or ideally to have an assistant. Like for someone like yourself, ideally you get your assistant to learn some of the fundamentals here and you say, here's what I want to do, use my points and they can just make magic happen and then you don't have to think about it. I, I do have a new assistant. Her name's Presley. So maybe I got to uh, include this one on her, uh, her list. In there. the SOPs, that's, that's, that's right. That's a good one. Yeah. What are some of the tax benefits for using these, uh, these points? Yeah, the tax benefits for business owners when it comes to points are massive. And here's why. So when you're spending money in your business, that's on a business credit card, but you are the personal guarantor on that card. So the points are going to you as an individual. You can then use those points for either personal or business trips. But here's why you'd want to use them for personal trips first, right? And let's say you were going to take a $30,000 trip. Okay, so normally you take a distribution from the company, you'd pay tax on that, and then you take that cash and you go pay, well, you'd pay off your credit card that you put the, the trip on. Okay, if you use points for personal travel, you could use points to cover that trip and since points are non-taxable, there's zero tax implications, meaning you didn't have to pull money out of the business, so you didn't have to pay tax on that, and there's no tax on the points. So it gets to save you the cost of the trip, and then it gets to save you the additional tax that you would have had to pay on the cash that you pulled out of your business in order to take that trip. So if you wanted to take it even a step further, you could think, okay, if a trip was $30,000, right, and let's say you're taxed at 25%, it's like how much more revenue would you have had to have generated to create $30,000 inside of your business versus just using the points? Yeah. And, and let me piggyback off that thought. One more thing. The folks out there that prefer to use debit cards, they're also saying that they love to pay more taxes. That's right. You that's know, right. Think about that. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's, that's fascinating. I never thought of it in that light, but I mean, it, it makes so much sense. It's true. Um, especially if you're using it for, you know, hotels, flights, and then in addition to that, like food, accommodations, all that sort of stuff, it, it adds up quick. Totally. Yeah. And that's where if you layer in those benefits, it, it, all, it all compounds. Cause like, you can get top status at hotels, which means when you check in, you're getting you know free welcome drinks and free amenities and all this stuff, and then free breakfast at some of these properties. You go to nicer hotels. You were just at the montage, right? That breakfast there could be like a hundred bucks a day, right? And you have a family of four. You're there for a week. That's like a couple thousand dollars sometimes just off of one benefit, and that can come just from having the right cards. And then even the sales tax. I mean, that's covering that as well, right? Yep, all those things. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting, man. What is the fastest way to get to elite status uh, using credit cards? So elite status is awesome. And there's specifically on the hotel side, one credit card within the major programs that will get you the top status, the fastest. So this is the Hilton Aspire card. And what it will do is we'll get you Hilton diamond status just from having the card. So you don't have to spend, you only have to stay a night in a Hilton hotel to get this. Now, the benefit of this is is really significant. It means you're going to earn a ton more points whenever you stay. You're going to get upgrades to awesome suites. You're going to get free breakfast, early check-in, late check-out. You get extra free nights. And, you know, you just get a VIP treatment. You get to have priority um, access when you're talking to them and all that. So those are some of the benefits. The downside to that card specifically is because it's easier to get top status with that specific card. More people have it, so there's more competition. But typically with other brands, you can actually start to spend your way to status more. So a lot of these airline hotel programs, they're actually making more money off of their loyalty programs. So 
you'll see some of the benefits are changing to people that spend more rather than travel more. So some of these other hotel programs like Hyatt, you can just put spending on a Hyatt co-branded credit card. And if you spend enough, you're going to get their top status just from that spend alone. So particularly for business owners, the more you spend, the easier it is to unlock all these benefits without even having to stay a night in a hotel or, you know, put your butt in a seat on an airplane. Yeah. Um, so, so for someone that does spend a ton, you would recommend which two cards? Well, it, it depends a little bit on what you're spending on specifically, because we want to make sure you're earning the most points. For most business owners, they're spending, you know, depending on their business, there's probably like in the real estate world, there's going to be like a lot of supplies and materials they may be purchasing. So a card like the Capital Venture X for business is a great card because that earns two points per dollar on all expenses. Most cards only are one. So just from that card alone, you've just doubled the amount of points you earn. So let's say you spent a million dollars in a year. Now you just earned from one million to two. That's a lot. It's a significant difference. That could be like forty or $50,000 a year of travel that you just got back from literally 10 seconds to apply for one different credit card. So that would be one. And then another one would probably be the Amex Business Gold, which is great for people that run more ads, have software expenses, or are eating out a lot. Those would be the two that I'd recommend. It's funny because we have um, here at Summers Capital, we got the Amex Business Gold and the Amex Business Platinum. And uh, one of my team members, Andrea, she's got the gold. And she's like, yo, Rich, this is like a couple of weeks ago. She's like, how do I get the platinum? Because she's like, I can't get in these lounges with the gold. Right. And so we're like, all right, we'll get you a platinum, but you're still going to use the gold. So we got her a platinum as like a Smart. kind of a guest so yeah. she can still use it. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the the Amex gold and platinum. I don't know much about them other than, other than what I just mentioned. Yeah, huge misconception is that the Amex platinum is the best card. Even bigger misconception is that the Centurion or the black card is the best card. That's even more of a, a misnomer. But between the platinum and the gold, the platinum is really a great card for the lifestyle benefits. You mentioned lounge access. It's going to give you Uber credits. You're going to get yeah. some basic hotel status. You're going to get some, some specific credits that can really add up and save you money. It's not typically the best card for everyday expenses. Okay, so that's- Why is that? Because it only earns one point per dollar on most categories of spend. Mm. Whereas a card like the gold card is going to earn four points per dollar on a lot of your other categories. So- Oh, gold runs up four points a dollar? On certain categories, right? Really? So there's two categories per month based on the specific set of categories they have that you'll earn four points per dollar on. So like the personal gold is basically all food, groceries and dining. You put on the Amex gold, you just four extra points compared to the platinum. With with business that like ads or software costs or dining costs would be another one that would, would really ramp it up for you where the platinum only earns one. Okay, interesting. Yeah, it's funny because there's all these cards out there and then whenever I get a new one, I'm like, I don't know what's what. I usually just go online and like try to figure out what's what. But I've been an Amex member for like, 12 years now. And so I'm like pretty loyal to them. I like them. And it's easy once you have a bunch of them, you can like, you know, just pick up the phone if you need like anything and they pick it up, um, which is nice. What is the wrong way to use credit card points? So the worst ways to use points, which most people do, and this hurts when they hear it, is going to Amazon or cash them out for gift cards or statement credits. You're just going to get way less value out of those points. Sometimes almost about half as much as you could even just by comparing that to going through like Amex travel. But that's going to be a fraction, literally like one-tenth of the amount of value that you'd get if you used it for travel in these other ways we're talking about transferring to airlines and hotels. So it's it's a complete waste of points, you know. And you also think about the experience you're going to get. Like, do you want like a free vacuum or do you want like a honeymoon type trip to do an African safari for a week? Like what's going to make a bigger difference in your, in your life, right? Um, so that's a, the biggest waste is, is to dump them on those sites. Yeah.
As a busy real estate investor or entrepreneur, time is money and first impression is everything. Every day to make it easy on myself, I wear Built Basics clothing. Whether you're a girl or guy looking for workout gear, joggers, shirts, button-downs, hats, or shoes, Built's got you covered. Super comfortable, tight in all the right places to make you look fresh and clean all the time. Visit BuiltBasics.com and use promo code SUMMERS20 to receive 20% off of your order. Again, that's BuiltBasics.com. That's B-Y-L-T Basics.com. Use promo code SUMMERS20 to receive 20% off of your order. Now back to the show. So uh, tell me what you guys do um, with your company here. I know you guys you guys make it easy for a lot of folks out there and um, for folks like me really that are too busy, but I got a lot of points and I'm like, okay, like I would like to strategically use these efficiently and have badass epic trips, um, which is, you know, what life's all about. What, what do you guys provide? Yeah, we want to make it really easy because like we just talked about, it can get kind of complicated and kind of nuanced. So the way to think of us is like if there was like a CPA or an accountant for your credit cards, met a travel advisor that was points obsessed. So we're basically like a concierge meets uh, kind of like accountant for your credit card. So we'll optimize all the card spend. We make sure you're maximizing when you go to use points. We have a concierge service there. And then we also advise your overall kind of travel lifestyle. Our team has been to hundreds of countries. We've sent people all over the world. And uh, the last like six months alone, we used just over 50 million points for our clients. And normally... What does that translate to typically dollar wise? Like dollars. So spent. that would be about fifty thousand, fifty thousand or no, five hundred thousand dollars. That's what it was. Yeah, five hundred thousand if you were gonna cash those out. Cash that out. Yeah. Now typically fifty million points, how much did the consumer spend typically to get it on average? Uh total, so fifty million in spend, we're averaging around two and a half points per dollar. So would it be probably, five billion in spend to get about fifty million points? No, that would be that would be a little low. It was probably closer to like twenty, fifteen to twenty million okay. in spend total. This is across okay. all, all of our clients, right? So we're able to generate a lot of points off of that. But typically, we, we 4X the value on this. So most people would be getting out of like a million points that get 10,000. The average we got was 40,000. Okay. So you can think of that on a per client basis. It's freedom, freedom travel systems, right? Freedom travel systems, yep. Dude, I love that. I love that. You work with Dan Martell too? Carlton yeah. Dennis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love them. Dude, Dan, Dan and Carlton were both on the podcast. They're great dudes. They are, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're actually speaking at uh, Carlton's event next week. Are he's you? He's a good friend. Yeah, he's- He, he has he, a live he, event coming up? He does. Where at? Uh, it's in Orange County. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Know. I love Carlton. Yeah. He's a good dude. He's yeah, a good he's, dude. He's a beast with taxes too. So our two things kind of play off each other really well. And he's always taking epic trips. He is. Yeah, yeah. He came on the ski trip and then I think that was actually his first time in Europe. So we like locked it down for him. That's kind of the travel advisor, advising piece too, where it's like, maybe you're going somewhere new. You don't really know the lay of the land. You're a little nervous about where to go and you know, what's the best area and property. And like, you know, Europe has a different style of hotel a lot of times than in the U S. So there's some nuances to just the travel side alone. So with him, we got him to Europe. And then he had an awesome time. Then him and his wife, Janeth, went back and they did this like crazy, like $50,000 trip with through Malfi Coast. They went through like Sassy. all these islands. It was really cool. It was, it was special to watch too. Yeah. So uh, when I travel, I think there's like two types of people when, when they travel. So uh, you have some folks that like to plan everything 12 months in advance. They want to have their entire itinerary planned out from breakfast, lunch, dinner, all the excursions. For me, I'm like, Dude, I will book my flights a day or two before I decide to leave. And I typically will buy a one-way ticket. And um, I, I might know when I'm coming back, but I don't know where I'm going to be going in the middle of the trip. So I'll buy a one-way ticket. Um, for example, a couple of years ago, I took six weeks and I did a solo trip. Nice. Um, I booked the flight the day before I left, a one-way to uh, Munich, Germany, out of San Diego. And from there, um, just like literally hung out for a few days. When I got bored, I went to the next stop and I ended up hitting like all these different stops and I would just go to a new city and 
hang out until I got bored. If I liked it, I might yeah. stay like a full week. That's cool. If I didn't like it, I might only stay for two days. That's that's and, the beauty of Europe too, is it's so easy to just like pop around like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. So ended up going to like Krakow, um, ended up going to uh where else at Budapest. Nice. Went all the way down to the Greek I sailed the Greek islands. Oh. Um, amazing did Mykonos Santorini bunch of Greek islands ended up down in Turkey um it was it was so cool but it's like the ultimate like feeling of freedom and so yes. when I travel I like to kind of like just wing it you know yeah, what I mean totally um so I don't know if I'd be good with like this whole itinerary type of thing but for me like those points would still be perfect for the flights and all that sort of stuff right yeah well I mean here's one of the beauties of the point side there's more flexibility with points than there is with cash bookings when it comes to like the refunds and stuff like that so if you go through Amex travel and you make a booking and then you have to cancel it or something like that, you're going to now have a credit with them. But if you make it with, you know, an airline points redemption or hotels, you just get the points back. So it's easier to actually have flexibility. So for a lot of people in like your case, we work with a lot of people that are they're speakers, they have crazy schedules. There's like a lot of tentative last minute stuff. So we try to lock things in to give them like, hey, here's kind of a, your safety plan and here's your backup plan. You got to cancel it, just get the points refunded, no problem. Or maybe we find a better option, we book something else. So that's always a huge hack too, especially with some of these big international trips, let's say you were going to fly to Europe. So you may want to get like an awesome lay flat bed experience, right? So you book one in, okay, you get a great deal. That's, that's perfect. Now within the last couple of days and like the last week or two, a lot of times these really high end first class tickets are going to open up the, you know, the Emirates first class, the Singapore suites, the Lufthansa first class, these things that are usually five, 10, sometimes like 15 or 20 K these open up really late in the game because these airlines would rather take cash than points. But if they haven't sold their first class seat, you know, in cash and it's like a week out, they might open it up for points. So now you've had a backup plan booked, you had your, your plan B dialed in, and then if something better opens up last minute, you can take it. Or you cancel the trip altogether and you just, you know, basically cancel the trip and you get your points back. So mm. that's why points are actually better for that kind of stuff than cash. It makes it makes things like way, way easier. Uh, generally speaking, when is the best time to buy an airline ticket? Yeah, so the best time is going to be right when the seats come out. And so airlines will release their routing about 11 months out. So if you want the number one best time, it's like that first day. Really? Yeah. From a cost perspective, that's the best time? That, well, it's just the most inventory, okay. right? And so you're going to see the most options. So let's say an airline has 300 seats, right? They're going to have maybe 150 that you can book on points. And then they're going to have 50 that will be, is available for what we call partner awards. Okay. Okay, so like if United is operating the flight, they're part of the Star Alliance, okay? And you could book that flight through Avianca or Air Canada. So United will sell all 300 seats in cash. They'd maybe use 150 seats with United Miles, and then they'd offer maybe 50 to the partners. So when you first see that airline come out, that seat come out, like the, that almost a year out, you'll see the most amount of seats available, which means there's the best opportunity for deals. Mm. So that's the first best time. The second best time is those last minute ones, but you potentially run the risk of not finding something. So we always like to lock something in and then, you know, just stay flexible as, as more things open up. Yeah. I recently joined um, SetJet and um, with SetJet, you, you pay 99 bucks a month for a membership. And uh, instead of purchasing a whole private plane, you purchase a seat on a private plane. Um, and so we went out to uh, Scottsdale. It was about a month ago. Cool. Some of the, some of the folks on the team, but Presley and I flew out there. Um, on the way out there, it was us and like maybe like six or seven other folks on this plane. But on the way back from Scottsdale, San Diego, it was literally just Presley and I, we, we walked on the plane. The stewardess was like, Hey, you guys are going to have the whole jet to yourself. So literally cool for 900 bucks each from Scottsdale to San Diego. We had this entire private plane to ourselves. It was, it was pretty Oh, sick. that's awesome. You can't that beat is, that. That right? is awesome. Yeah. JSX is a yeah. kind of a 
more Similar, common yeah. airline in this part of the country. Yeah. So you have some options there, which is kind of like that semi-private experience where you yeah. get to board. You know, it's like a 10 minute boarding process. You show up at the gate like really last minute, which yeah. is cool. But that was the best yeah. part. I mean, you literally yeah. pull up to the gate. Um, well, there was no, we, there was no gate. We pull up to the uh, signature aviation over here in San Diego, like seven minutes before the flight. Uh, they give you a bottle of water, grab your bag and there's like no security, nothing. And you just walk out to the plane board and you're good to go. That's but it cool. was like the coolest thing. Yeah. Um, JSX is, is cool. But I guess what, what's better with what's set yet is like, it's like legit, like executive, like these are like really nice seats. It's not sure. like commercial at all. Yeah, yeah. JSX and, still um, feels kind of commercial. Yeah, actually, this is like a legit, like totally. all custom decked out interiors. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, dude, I don't know how they're making money, but yeah, that's, I'm like, that's a crazy keep model. them while they're still Well, open. what's cool about that and, and JSX and really any kind of like premium, you know, first class stuff in the lounges and the nicer hotels specifically for people that are in a world like real estate investing, it's the people you get access to, the conversations you're having. And like, I've always kind of been the person where like, you know, I'm in a setting where a lot of people are kind of not really going to say anything. I'll just go be like, start a conversation, just kick it off, see what happens if they're receptive and all, you know, the amount of business connections I've made, whether it's directly for clients, referrals, partnerships, or just awesome people I've met from just having those quick conversations in that environment, it's a game changer. And so that is probably a prime experience for being able to just have Network. amazing networking opportunities. Yeah, it is. It is. I probably started flying first, like maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago. And if you really think about it, like from an ROI perspective as a business owner, it's like, yes, it's you're paying a little bit extra, but you're first on, first off. Um, you get the the free drinks, you get the nice meal, which is great, and a little bit more comfortable chair. Um, so you get better sleep or rest. But you know, all it takes is that one connection. Totally. You know, I, I've met some big name people just flying, you know, even domestic first mm-hmm. to where you never know where that, that connection is going to lead to, you know, maybe they become an investor, right? Exactly. Or maybe they have a business opportunity for you down the road. And so that extra four five, 600 bucks for that seat can pay dividends. If you think about the ROI, totally. if you do it over and over yeah. and over and you think about all the folks you could potentially meet. A hundred percent. I mean, half the time you're going to a conference, like a lot of the value in some of these events is to go and be in the right environment. It's like if you put yourself in the right environment on the way there, half time you run into someone who's also going to the same event, you sit next to them and then like a conversation strikes up and then all of a sudden this really cool relationship is formed and in a very natural, organic way. Mm-hmm. And, and also the mindset. Like a lot of people don't talk about this, but like, you know, like I, I got a, I live on the 35th floor of my, my building here in downtown San Diego. So I got this epic view, Southwest facing, uh, unobstructed of the bay. I can see like basically all of San Diego and you know, look down, I wake up every single morning and like I, I, I see all the boats and the planes and like the whole city. And dude, like just from a mindset perspective to wake up to that every single morning, like yeah. it just puts me in the right zone to go out and just kill it every single day, totally. you know? And so people don't talk about that kind of stuff. Totally. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I mean, I think some of the best work I do is on a plane and, and you know, on the connection side, like the deals aren't getting done in 32B by the toilet. They're, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're getting so done good. in, in, in row two. Mm-hmm. Like that's where those conversations are happening. And, and I fully agree. I mean, I think, um, for a long time, you know, for me, the points thing was just about more travel. It was just about being able to get access to more trips because at the, when I got into this, I, I didn't have a lot of the cash to do it. And then after a while it was like, I want to put myself in, in better environments. I want to make travel more luxurious. I want to be around the right people. I want to change my mindset. And I think, from a flight and hotel perspective, it's a complete game changer. With real estate investing, asset protection, and protecting yourself from personal liability is huge. The best way to address this is to correctly set up your LLCs and entity structure. For us at Summers Capital, we use Prime Corporate Services to set up, manage, and provide guidance for all of our entities, making it truly hands-off. If you want to learn more, visit Prime Corporate Services slash Rich Summers to book a free call and receive a special podcast listener offer. 
Again, visit primecorporateservices.com slash richshummers to book a free call. Now back to the show. Yeah. What's the biggest limiting belief that you see most folks um, make when it comes to credit card points? That it's too confusing, too complicated, so they might as well just like cash them out or do something like that. Yeah, yeah. What's the most, um, what's like the craziest thing you've seen someone do with credit card points, good good or bad? Yeah, I mean, there are some really interesting things. So there was, uh, there's one guy in particular, this is a while back, he was playing the lounge game. And so speaking of the networking stuff, there's ways where you can change tickets where you can still get a lounge access. And he would basically just go to the airport every day and never fly. And he would just hang out in the lounge, just get free food, free drinks, and just network all day for like months in a row. Or he's just like hanging out in these lounges and just, you know, just like taking advantage of that. So that was kind of a funny story. That's pretty funny. But uh, some of the other really cool things, I mean, you can go to Necker Island entirely on points, hang out with Branson for a week if you're into that. Um, there's a way to do that with Virgin Miles. You know, obviously Virgin's his company and they set something up. So that's a pretty cool one too. What, what is Nectar Island? Necker Island is Richard Branson's private island. Okay. So that's where he lives. And like he hosts actually entrepreneur groups all the time. But there's a, a specific way you can use points to go down there. It's in the Caribbean. Beautiful island, but you're on, you know, you're on Branson's private island and he's there and stuff like that. So Wow, that's yeah. pretty cool. And so you can literally just use points to go down there? There's a specific program and you have to have yeah. like, I think it's over like a million or 1.5 million virgin miles. And there's different ways to earn those, but that will give you access to the, to unlock that. Okay. Um, speaking of the lounges, I, I didn't realize this until about a month, no, this is only two weeks ago, was flying out to Miami for a uh, mastermind with Jordan Belford, Wes Watson, and a few other people. And um, we take the red eye from San Diego nonstop to Miami. And we get in at like six o'clock in the morning. Parker was with us and, um, and Presley as well. And so we get in, it's like six o'clock in the morning and our accommodations uh, to check in aren't until the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hey, let's, let's go post up in the, the Amex lounge, the Centurion lounge, and let's you know, eat some food and, and some breakfast, take a little nap, right? And so, um, so we pull up to the Centurion Lounge at the Miami airport. I had no idea this was the case. We use our Amex Platinums and the, the lady goes, let me see your boarding pass. And so mm-hmm. I showed her, we just, we just got in. She goes, this is only for departing flights. Yes. Your flight arrived and you don't have another departing flight today. You can't use the lounge. Exactly. And I was like, really? Yeah. And I was like, what do you want me to do? Just go sleep in the hallway out there? And she's like, I can't let you in. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I had no idea. Yeah, certain programs have That's different. That's crazy, they, right? Yeah, they don't have I lounges never on arrivals. I know, it's it's a weird, there's different rules for each program. Yeah. Some lounges will allow it, some don't. Um, particularly in like the Middle East, there's some epic lounges that you really, like if you're going through like Doha or Dubai, like you want to go. So all software lounges, like this first class lounge in, in Doha. And Where's Doha? Is in that? Qatar. Okay. Yeah, in the Middle East. So it's like right next to Sick. Dubai. Um, but, you know, so Qatar Airlines flies there. They have some really premium experiences. And that's a lounge where it's like, if you can time a flight, a lot of times these flights are gonna be overnight where they have private bedrooms in the lounge. And so you can actually sleep and get a full bed, but you have to be flying on a first class ticket. And so there's some ways to like finagle those things. There is one option where you could technically book another ticket and just book a refundable fare, go into the lounge on that one and then cancel it and get the money back. It's kind of a hacky way to do things. And I would not necessarily condone that, but that is like a technical workaround for that. Uh, Oh, that makes sense. And then you can just refund it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's a good workaround. I like that. I mean, that's better than, I mean, we ended up posting up like in uh, some coffee shop, you know? Yeah, and sure. So shoot. The, the other the, thing that, that happens is if you have top status, so so Tommy, my business partner, he has Ambassador okay. Elite with Marriott. Okay. okay. So with Ambassador, you can check in anytime you want into a Marriott hotel. You could show up at 6 a.m. and they'll have your room ready. They'll have a room where you can at least hang out. So that's that's kind of a nice perk of having some of these top tier statuses too. Things like that become less of a problem. That's a rarity. Most hotel programs are just going to give you early check-in and late checkout. So more like you could come in at like 11 or 12, not necessarily 6 a.m. But if you have that top tier status, they're going to have a room for you. 
Yeah, that's not bad. Um, you mentioned the Amex, uh, is it the Centurion card? The black card. Yeah, you, the Amex black card. You mentioned that that card is, it doesn't really live up to its hype. Why, why is that? Yeah, black card super overrated in my opinion. It's a $5,000 annual fee. So off the bat, very expensive. One, one of our team members in here, Tommy, he just went down the elevator, but uh, I wish he was here to hear this. He, yeah. he, has, he has that card. <laughs> oh, does he? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's why I think it's super overrated. The points earnings on it is not good compared to the gold card or even the platinum card in terms of what you earn on on your spend. Now, there's some really cool lifestyle benefits and concierge access and stuff like that, but they're not providing nearly enough to justify a $5,000 annual fee, in my opinion. The biggest value of the Centurion card or the the black card is what most people would refer to it as, is you know if you're at an event and you pull out a black card and you pay with it, people will be like, that guy's a black card. It's a status symbol. I I got the, um, actually, let me pull it out. It's not the Amex though, but I'll show you. Tell me what this is. I don't even know. I think it's a MasterCard, but it says... Might be the, yeah, the MasterCard Black Card. It says Black Card here. Yeah, this is probably the... Let me see. This one. Yeah. yeah so what, you, what, is, is, that Barclays, one, what right? is that one all about? Yeah, this is... Uh, well, it doesn't even say the bank on it, but I think this is probably the, the Barclays Black Card. It, it is Barclays, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so here's the thing with Barclays points. You can't do the whole transfer thing. So again, those points are now... They have a fixed value, so they're less valuable. So there's only four banks that have this, what we call transferable points option. Chase, City, Amex, or Capital One. If you're not earning points with one of them, they're going to be automatically less valuable. So there are some, again, like status benefits or kind of concierge access, things like that, that a card like this may provide. And there's even a card called the Founders Card, which isn't even a credit card. It's like a membership card. And it has a lot of cool benefits with it. So that's fine. That's okay if that's the intent for using it. But in terms of like earning points and getting the highest possible return from what you're already doing in your business activity, not not a good option. Okay. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't hold on to it for the other benefits. So you just have to look into that and see if it's... uh if it's worth it. But my guess is, is if you already have the Amex Platinum, yeah. you probably have a lot of overlapping benefits already. So I would just stick with the Amex Platinum part. Yeah. Yeah. Because the Centurion card, is it, because you you refer to that one as the black card as well. So it's almost like Yeah, they, I think they created uh, this marketing. because the, the connotation was already associated uh, to the Amex black card. Gotcha, gotcha. And so it was like, we could call another card the black card. And like yeah, yeah, yeah. marketing wise, that's that's my understanding of what happened. It's smart. It's yeah. smart that they do that. Um, what do you, you got any chips on the, uh, the books this year that you're looking forward yeah, to? Yeah, I got a, got what a big got one going on? back to Europe. Um, okay. so first off, I run this annual ski trip entrepreneur mastermind. So we're going to Banff, Canada, uh, Lake Louise. It's like one of the most beautiful parts of the Rocky mountains. So we're staying you right Banff. Banff. Yeah. Okay. What, what part of uh, Canada is that? It? Uh, it's in Alberta. So kind of like mid, like West, Western Canada. Okay. Okay. Canadian Rockies. Um, Sick. but the famous area there is called Lake Louise. Okay. It's on, it's gorgeous it's like i mean it's like lake tahoe kind of but can, canadian version i'd say and there's a property that's right on the lake called the fairmont and so that's where we're hosting the event you have like lake views they have it's like an ice bar it's a really cool place so hosting an event there how many people do you expect uh, around 35 okay that one yeah it's kind of like a, a mastermind type of trip yeah exactly okay. exactly small enough where you get to know everybody and, and really go deep but big enough where there's like a lot of value to be at what do you guys do there so i have a couple speakers but a lot of it is like think tanks and hot seats so people are coming in with their biggest opportunities and challenges and there's people in all different industries right so everyone has different skill sets one guy may be an ads guy another guy's a real estate guy another guy's a branding guy another guy is growth operations or finance and based on the biggest challenges i'm pairing people up into small groups to help solve their biggest bottlenecks mm-hmm. by leveraging the genius in the room so mm-hmm. that's the main intention it's not necessarily a big mastermind where it's like a specific topic it's more general entrepreneurship yeah but i hand select the group so it's like an invite only kind of thing it's I not love like that. An open to the public kind of. Event. Well, let me let me know when that is, man. I might be interested in something cool. like that. I, lo- yeah. I love snowboarding I'll too. Give you an invite. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. What, what yeah. else you got on the books this so year? So I got that one. Um, got another big Europe trip coming up this summer. Going to go over there for about a month or two. I live in Austin, which in the summer is brutal. 
Uh, it's amazing during other parts of the year, but I'm very much looking forward to not being there in August and September this year. So I'll be bouncing around from uh, Greece, Italy, Spain, uh, a little bit of Turkey, potentially up towards like Norway again. That in the summer is beautiful. Uh, if you do anything up in Norway, it's like there's amazing fjord cruises where you go through these like unbelievable mountains and they'll take you on these high speed boats through there. And it's just like the best beauty. In You're nature. saying a boat through the mountains? Well, there's like, yeah, there's like lakes and rivers that go through. That go through stuff. the mountains. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. They that call sounds them fjords are like the name of it. It's and really what's cool. the weather like in Norway in the summer? Is it pretty nice? It's It's chill. It's like, I mean, it's... Kind of like San Diego, actually. Like 70? A little bit cooler, even. I would say like 65. That's perfect. Yeah, 65, zero humidity. Like, And then the, the daylight is really, because it's so far north. Yeah, it's like it, all, all day long. Yeah, you wake up at like 4 a.m. sun up till like 1 a.m. It's pretty cool. Damn. Yeah. What, what are your uh, like top three cities you've ever been to in the world? So probably my favorite city that I like to recommend to people to go to is Tokyo. Why? I just think specifically because in Asia, there's a lot of amazing culture there like so much cool stuff a lot of the other destinations in asia they've really geared towards western tourism so you go and it's like it's beautiful it's got its essence but it's like you know they're taking dollars they're like speaking english they're doing the whole thing you go to tokyo and it is like you are in japan you do things their way it's their culture and like i think that's really cool the food's amazing uh the way that the society works just like how organized it is and efficient it is and how respectful the people are they're so humble so that's just a huge a huge one if you want to go see something that you feel like you're truly on another planet like you you go into tokyo in the middle of shibuya like one of these big uh parts of the city all these flashing lights it's kind of like Times square but japanese version i love that's that. a phenomenal one so that's I, one of them i gotta get out there they uh they had a non-stop flight from san diego to tokyo on japan airlines but last i looked it looks like it's it's no longer there but yeah flying out of <clears throat> typically for japan oh, you're LA. gonna go out of la san fran or seattle or vancouver gonna be the main yeah. The main West Coast hubs. I'll be known to check it out. And I love sushi. It's like one of my favorite foods out that, there. That was the other part of Japan. So yeah. I would wake up early there so I could go get more meals in because I'm yeah. like, the food's so good. Sushi for breakfast is sushi a thing Sushi for breakfast. Really? Ramen. Even Dude, the 7-Elevens there. People are, oh, are blown away. You walk into 7-Eleven, it's like amazing sushi. You're like out of like the little thing. It's like, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Dude, so I love that. That's one of them for sure. Um, what, what's another one? Uh, so another one, I studied abroad in Barcelona. So for me, that is like the perfect mix of European culture, beach, great weather. Uh, fun environment, good nightlife, you know, awesome food, cool people, and relatively affordable, great points hotels, like all over the place. The W Barcelona is like an iconic hotel there. Um, easy to get to. And so to me, Barcelona is just like a really awesome, if you want like a taste of Europe, of like kind of a metropolitan version of Europe, I think Barcelona is like one of the best places to go for that. I agree. I yeah. like Barcelona You've a been lot. there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Super sick. Um, I would say my, uh, a few of my favorites. I would say Medellin, Colombia. Okay. I actually haven't um, been to Colombia yet. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, the climate there is great year round. Right. It never gets colder than 60, never gets hotter than 80, low humidity. Yeah. Um, and it's just a big valley, you know? And so you land in the airport and you go to this like little tunnel and then you come out of this tunnel and you just see this big valley with about 5 million people. Nice. So good, good yeah. viewpoints from wherever you are. Uh, food's great. Um, very affordable. Mm -hmm. So the dollar goes a long way. Good culture and uh, just great vibes. And cool. then if you like uh, reggaeton, that's uh, reggaeton's hub. everywhere, yeah, man. Yeah, it's, totally. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, Budapest, Hungary, I love. That's amazing So I always there. say, like, people ask about, like, different cities in Europe, yeah. right? Everyone knows the Eiffel Tower at night. Iconic, beautiful. I think Budapest is the most beautiful European city at night. Just, like, yeah. the way the that big parliament building on the water lights uh -huh. up at night is, like, stunning. And you can do the river cruise through. River uh, cruise through, uh, Budapest to uh, Vienna on the Danube River. That's mm -hmm. a big one, too. And, um, I mean, it's a, it's a true, like, 24 hour city there's there's you can do anything there yep. literally yep. whatever you want to do yeah it's, totally it's there. yeah yeah 
And, um, you know, I, I've been all through Ireland as well. Um, like there's some cool little towns in Ireland, like mm-hmm. Cork is yeah. really sick. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Like just like, just like a vibe, you mm-hmm. know, like really cool people. I also like, uh, what else? I love Australia. Sydney, oh, cool. Australia, cool. Melbourne, nice. some of those areas. I always, I always rate these cities to like, could I live there? Right. You know, and right. if I can, I'm like, okay. I yeah, really yeah, like that place, spot, that you know, you, you mentioned Turkey. Where where are you going to go in Turkey this time? Uh, so we'll probably stop in Istanbul a little bit because it's the capital city. A lot of lot of flights in and out there. But uh, Bodrum is like the Bodrum the, is so sick. Is, I've been there been? twice. Yeah, okay, nice. Epic. Yeah, so that's that's where we're looking. I haven't been yet. Yeah, and I've I've done forty two countries. So I've done okay. almost all of Europe except for Greece. Um, is like the main kind of European country I haven't been to. So we'll hit that. And then Turkey is another one that's been on the on the bucket list too. I know uh, Tommy went to Cappadocia. Yeah, the hot air balloon. Cappadocia is sick. Did you go there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, dude. Turkey is really cool. Um, let's see. I've done um, Antalya, Cash, Fethiyeh, uh, Izmir. This man's traveled. Um, nice. All over the Turkish Riviera. Nice. It's sick. Cool. Um, when you go out to Greece, though, let me know. David August, who's the world's most famous fashion tailor, he does like Brad Pitt, Warren Buffett, all the movie stars. Um, he has a brand with Conor McGregor. He did he did all Conor McGregor's suits nice. when he was like fighting um, yeah. Floyd. Um, so anyways... He's actually coming down to the studio on Friday. We're going to rip a podcast. But his brother, um, his brother owns a sailboat, 50-foot sailboat. And he's the one that I sailed all through the Greek islands with back a year, year and a half ago. Nice, man. Uh, cool. So he's out there and he's always hitting like uh, Italy, Greece, all the, all the Spanish islands. Sure. But when you're out there and if you got some free time, you want to jump on a sailboat, go cruise islands, let me know. I can connect you. That sounds like something I'm an automatic yes to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> let me know. No that. Let me know. Uh, he, yeah. He's a good dude and uh, he, he'd probably be happy to have you on the boat. Cool, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, and I know I had one more to give you too. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. So not quite a city, but an experience I had. And uh, this one was phenomenal. I mean, just kind of to paint the picture, you know, I'm in the middle of the jungle in Uganda and I look up and there's a oh, 500 pound silverback gorilla like damn. this far away from me. And so I was on this... Uh, trip through Africa and we were in, uh, we flew into Entebbe, which is the capital of Uganda and then went down into Bawindi National Forest, which is like, you go into, so to get to Uganda, it's like US to Europe to Ethiopia to Entebbe. Then from there on like a puddle jumper and then another puddle jumper and then like a five hour drive. So this is a hard place to get to, but we're deep in the jungle and we did this gorilla trekking day where you go trekking. So it's not tracking just so people understand, but you're going into the jungle with these guides and they're basically going to like discover in different footprints and things on the trees and figure out what it's like family of gorillas is living. And then you go get to like basically see them in the wild right up close. And so to go see that was like a whole, that was a holy crap experience. And and there's like nothing in between you and these gorillas? Nothing. We're literally this close, like eye contact. Like they're making, they'll make sounds. Yeah, we actually had a guy. Are you in a Jeep though? No, no, you're walking. You're hiking the whole thing. So people say, so what, what happens if they come after you? What, well, what are you supposed to do? So the guides, I mean, they know these guys are like, I mean, they've they've lived out there. So first off, we're wearing like crazy, you know, hiking boots and like struggling to go through. They're wearing like rain boots that have like no traction. They're just like jumping through the whole thing. But they have shotguns with them. Mm. Now it's not to shoot the gorilla. It's to, to do a scare shot over its head if there's ever a situation where it charges at you. But they're pretty, usually with humans, they're pretty good as long as they don't like assume that you're a threat. So I'm actually staying there, look at this gorilla. I'm just like, this is crazy. And he makes like, a big groan sound. And then I hear the guide behind us go, like make the sound back at him. And I was like, what Bro. is going on? He's like, if, he's like, he knows we're friends now. He knows we're friends. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm mm. glad you got that one because <laughs> did not know what to yeah. do there. That's so, crazy. so that was a cool, that was a really cool experience. Anything with wildlife like that, African safaris and Marriott just opened a new, really amazing, all-inclusive safari property. 
that you can use points on in the middle of Kenya. So it's all inclusive, including the like going out to see the, the game drives and everything and doing the actual safari. Unbelievable resort. So people that like are big fans of Marriott, you can use points. And normally this would be like a $10,000 trip. You go out there, you get all of your food and drink covered. You go do the safari side and, uh, and you can even use points for it. Dude, that's crazy. Is there like a luxurious way to like do the safari tour or like you're just going to be like rugged and backpacking it? I mean, that would be one of them. So, you know, there's different ways to where you stay is like mm-hmm. kind of the the luxury not version. But mostly like the, the traditional safaris, the, the gorilla trekking is a little bit different. Like that, you're going on more of a hike. But mo- most traditional safaris, you're in the nice Jeeps and you're you're doing the whole thing. And that that's typically not that tough. Like yeah. you're not doing like a lot of hiking there. They don't really want you out of the vehicles in those because there is some danger there. But it really just depends on where you stay. So there's not a lot of points options. That Marriott property is the main one for points right now. But otherwise, there's some really nice luxury ones, but they're very, very expensive, mm. like several thousand a night. Um, if you wanted to do like a safari, because there's there's different, there's a bunch of different places in the world you could do safaris, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would you say, like if you wanted to pair a safari trip with like a pretty badass city along the way? Uh, like a city with good nightlife, good culture, good dining. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. What city would you pair that that safari with? Oh, super easy. You're going to fly from the U.S. to Dubai. Okay. There's a lot of direct flights from most major cities. Ideally, you hit the A380 aircraft. That's the double-decker with the bar. You go there. You hang out in Dubai for a few nights. There's uh, a couple different properties out there. If you wanted to go even do like a desert experience where you get like the you know the dune buggies and like really cool kind of camel riding stuff. Like there's some some fun stuff with that. Um, they could do on points. Uh, one called Almaha is another Marriott property outside of Dubai. So, or you say in Dubai, you do the nightlife experience, like tons of awesome places there. I would put Dubai over Doha. Doha and Qatar would be the second option for that. It's just not as uh, vibrant as Dubai is. And have you been to Dubai or no? Um, no, I want to go. It's okay. on my list. It is like you're there and you're like, you know how the US, you hear the US news and you think that we're kind of the center of the world, right? You go to Dubai and you're like, oh, this is really, the, like that really feels like the center of the world to me. It's just Europe and Western culture meets Asian. So really cool place. Um, weird in some ways, but amazing in others. And then that is actually a pretty close jump down to most of the safari experiences you're going to have in Africa. It's also a close jump to the Maldives, which is where, you know, you see all these overwater villas on Instagram that people are at. Those are pretty much primarily in the Maldives. So Dubai is that main hub to fly through for a lot of those. Um and Emirates being the main carrier for that is going to provide you an amazing travel experience uh, both ways. Dude, I love that, man. Well, Eli, I appreciate you coming on, my man. Uh, where can folks get in touch with you? Yeah, so can find me on Instagram, Eli Travel Guy, my business partner's Instagram as well, Travel Like Tommy. Uh, we're both on there. Very active, just showing the stuff. We live it so you can follow along. And if people want to set up a free uh, complimentary consult call, walk them through what cards they have, where they're leaving money on the table, what they could do, they can go to freedomtravelsystems.com and set up a call from that and Go ahead there, too. There it is. He's Eli Facinda. I'm Rich Summers. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you in the next one. Peace.